Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is Monday, August 8th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 144 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host, Anna Recluse, with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. On today's show, we'll be discussing, with spoilers for everything involved, what we've been watching, including Fire of Love in the Mouth of Madness, the Fear Street Trilogy, and much, much more. Right into the show, bicycle at gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, family member, or stranger, what's up, man, how you doing? I'm doing well, man, I'm feeling good. Um... This the day this is gonna drop is is my birthday, so I'm I'm excited. You know that's why you know little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. But we're <laughs> recording this very early because I will be on vacation and getting very drunk when this episode comes out. So <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, happy, happy early birthday. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're th- gonna be 33, correct? You mentioned that the other day. 30, yeah, 33. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh I mean I I was about to say that's a big one. No, it's not. It's it's just a fucking <laughs> random ass year. Although that's 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 uh, as long as Jesus lived, so you know, that's kinda cool. That's kinda random, you know. Like I'm I'm almost yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you I know, know any carpentry or anything about that. <laughs> you don't know any <laughs> no. carpentry, no? Okay. <laughs> My dad was an architect. I don't know, that's something. That is something. Yeah, it's, you got, you're 33, so you got one more year. Like we are saying, uh, I think it was in the last episode, we were talking about the uh, demographics, the age demographics that uh, companies mm. like to cater to. So you got one more year, yeah. and then you're going to be grumpy old grandpa, just like me, hating all the Marvel I'll stuff. Just, and I'll, then, be, I'll be right there, and I'll be like, oh, where's Clint Eastwood at? <laughs> exactly. So uh, speaking <laughs> of pop culture, pop culture news and things like that, there was an interesting thing going on with Stranger Things, because they were talking about... Out, edits they're making supposedly in early episodes somebody on tiktok noticed this and put it out there and now the writers have had to respond to it and basically uh there's this um article on screen rant they said um, the writers for stranger things debunk claims that an early episode of the show was edited first released in uh, 2000, uh 2016 on netflix uh the duffer brothers horror fantasy blah 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 blah, blah. um some eagle-eyed fans pointed out that they have forgotten will's birthday that was something <laughs> And now the Duffer Brothers oh. said they're going to re-edit um, portions of the early seasons to make it make the birthday different. So that's the first thing they're going to do because they never <clears throat> one of the episodes in season in season four took place on his birthday and nobody uh, mentioned it. So it's like, well, that's that's normal. That seems like a, a thing that that would happen to a kid. People don't remember his yeah. birthday because it's fucking. I just Stranger brought up things. my birthday because <laughs> I didn't know if anybody was going to remember it right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it happens. It's just a thing that, that does yeah. happen. So there's no reason to go back and edit that. But another thing they've, they've mentioned that they've edited was um, in season one when Jonathan was taking pictures of Nancy as she got dressed. So now apparently, um, I didn't actually look at the clip myself, but apparently they've sort of shortened it up to make it less pervy. Uh, what do you think about that? It did. Did they say, because they said they didn't do it, right? They said they that was false, right? Yeah, they said... The writers reported that they had that no previous seasons have been edited, nor will they be. Um, so they said they haven't, but send, I don't know where the uh, first post was. Uh, the, the new tweet from the show's writers not only confirms that reports regarding edits made to previous seasons of the show oh, are false, okay, <laughs> but also seemingly establishes that the Duffer Brothers either had a change of heart in terms of the desire to go back and edit things, or that they were never serious about doing it in the first place. So who knows? Maybe it was just a weird viral thing. The thing that went viral, somebody yeah. doctored it. Seems, seems like one of those things somebody somebody gets reported on and it gets blown up, or somebody you know makes something. Up. It's like the the Ocarina of Time thing where somebody said there was a you could get the Triforce, and for years people believed it, and you know it's just one of those things I feel like people made up, and then it finally got to the Duffers and it got big enough, and then they were just like, nope, nope, this is nothing. This isn't. This story is bullshit. <laughs> it's not even a thing. Yeah, it's, it's you know you yeah. could you could uh, probably lash onto that whole thing of like the uh, Mandela effect, where people will seemingly mm-hmm. remember a thing as being something else, and then they'll go back and show you know a commercial from the '80s <laughs> and show that like yeah. the, the fruit of the loom didn't have that thing in the background, or you know things like that. Yeah, like there was. A t- I was watching fucking Back to the Future with Alan. From uh, my other show, and we are both huge Back to the Future fans, especially him. And there was like a, there's like a scene where Doc like 
blows a kiss like to Marty and goes like when Marty goes and drives off and like that was just not in either of our memories and we looked at yeah. each other and we're like oh what hey, did they add this or something and I went home and like because I was seeing it in like a theater I was like this must have been some weird cut and then like I watched booted up on Netflix it was there and I was like oh cool and then I got my DVDs and it was there too I was like it just I just didn't remember it and neither did he so there's just weird shit like like people want to be like oh well it's the Mandela effect and you know they're changing things and it's just like no just fucking human memory is bad that's that's what it is yeah human memory is very bad it's it's a notorious um you it's a bad thing to use in court because human like you said human memory is bad eyesight's bad um, recounting things is bad um, just mm-hmm. bringing it back to movies they you know Tom Cruise in uh, Risky Business people thought he was wearing glasses I think either people thought thought he was wearing glasses or he wasn't but either way people remembered it wrong with that yeah. and I know there's a few other examples but I just can't think of any right now but yeah just it was just a very weird thing um, so that apparently was not not any of that <laughs> somebody just like yeah. went went viral with some random claim apparently it's not true so there we go we figured it out yeah. <laughs> for everyone listening <laughs> we yeah. solved the case we solved the case we cracked it those meddling meddling <laughs> children if it wasn't for us they would have gotten away with it <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, uh, the Kane Dynasty. Before last episode, we talked about um, all the live uh, announcements made at Comic Con by Kevin Feige mm-hmm. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe exploding. All the announcements there. Apparently, after that, after the announcements, uh, a separate announcement was made about the casting. The uh, director for sh- for the new Avengers Kang Dynasty was found, and it is going to be the Shang Chi director, Dan- uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton. How do you what do you think about this? So yeah, that's what I, that was what I was saying last week. Uh, you know, Marvel kind of does this where they find a guy to, you know, they have a bunch of different directors and then they, you know, find a person to be their kind of shepherd and to kind of take in, they're like, like you know, it was the, the Russos got kind of plucked from Captain America and they were like, okay, these guys are going to be the ones leading us for the Avengers. And now it seems like the same thing has happened with Shang-Chi. Uh, this guy is going to be kind of the new person before it was the Russos. Of course, it was... Um, famous fucking creep joss whedon um so yeah you know he was kind of like the guy who did the first two avengers and all the things that were the, the guy who kind of this you know kevin feige is obviously the big head honcho of marvel but the more kind of like boots on the ground general um of uh the the marvel movies and it seems to be this guy who's going to be kind of the one heading heading forward uh dustin De- was it dustin david cretton right I, I uh, can never pronounce. <laughs> Dustin, yeah, Dustin was a weird name. Not Dustin. Dustin. Dustin, Dustin. Dustin Daniel Cretton. Cretton, Cretton, Cretton. Yep, something like that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> something so, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. I mean, I liked Shang-Chi a lot. Um, it was one of yeah. my, except for the ending, I felt a little bit, um, you know, just kind of samey. But uh, yeah. yeah, some real emotional beats and, you know, very worked very well in the Marvel style. Uh, I will say. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. Yeah, definitely. He did, uh, like you said, definitely hit those emotional beats, got the action right. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that I think that worked really well because um, Simu Lee uh, was, you know, doing his all of, own, all of his own stunts. Maybe not all of them, most mm-hmm. of them. So it takes, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if... You know what kind of a cast we're going to have? Is is this going to be, you know, young Avengers? Is this going to be, you know, these new Avengers? Whatever, whatever they have going forward, I'm wondering. And maybe I mean, I the... feel like Shang Chi is going to be there for sure. Definitely Shang Chi. That's, that's one thing yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very confident in. Yeah, Shang Chi is going to be there, but also, you know, it's is it like you said, the worst parts of Shang Chi for you, and I and I agree with you is the you know the ending, the big bombastic shooty shooty bangy bangy fighty fighty stuff. That's mm-hmm. not the strongest stuff, yeah. and unfortunately, you know this the the ensemble movies are unfortunately that. That's what people come here for. <laughs> That's what puts butts in seats is the bangy bangy shooty shooty fighty fighty stuff. So yeah, well hopefully they'll figure yeah, that. There, there's all a stuff way out. to do that with yeah. with it being emotional and impactful, like you know the the big finale of Endgame and Infinity War and a lot of those movies were really, really emotionally poignant. And I think Shang-Chi was up until the point where his dad died. Um, yeah. Then it was just like, oh, there's a dragon and a, and a dark, dweller in darkness. So, you know, <laughs> uh, hopefully they can find that balance, you know, and not make it just as oh, a big sky battle and a blue laser's going to shoot into the sky and turn the city into <laughs> lizards. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then one more article about the MCU. They've announced um, some other stuff after uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, let's see, article from comicbook.com, comic book resource, um, is saying, quote, there may be much more to reveal... Well, of course, there will be. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Avengers Secret Wars, November 2025. They announced the the, the director again. Um, but they're still saying, just mentioned that the sixth Avenger title is still looking for a director. Um, huge, ambitious stuff. Um, trying to find out what they actually announced here. Maybe it was just a clickbait article that I got <laughs> suckered into, apparently, because it was just like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, CBR, like they, I, yeah. I, they're, not, they're not deadline. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. So just saying. THR. Yeah. It's just so in the article, it's just like Feige did not reveal much about Deadpool 3, only expressing his excitement for it to transfer from Fox to Disney. And that's going to be an interesting thing. You know, they, they have a lot of space mm. in phase six, definitely, with right now, right, right this moment, uh, August uh, 1st and the 2nd, they um, haven't really announced much for phase six, just, um, just the two ensemble movies and. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Fantastic Four. So there's a lot of room in there from the mm. but stuff like that with Deadpool three, um, X Men stuff. There's an interesting. They had an interesting discussion um, the other day. I think it was on Slash Film about how you know if you think about the 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 MCU, it's not the Avengers cinematic universe. It's Marvel cinematic universe. So they mm. were saying how the Kane Dynasty and um, Secret Wars could be the pivot point at which we sort of move away from the Avengers being the focal point of the MCU because they could, they could in fact, you know, um, sort of not retire, but uh, move aside some of the some of the core actors. They're getting older. They've done this for a long time. They all all these actors want to do different things. So that could be a point at which you sort of say, okay, we've had these actors for that would be at that point, you know, 15, 16 years. So now let's not let's not only um, shift away from the actors, but shift away from the Avengers to the X Men and the Fantastic Four. What do you think about that? That makes. I feel like they they kind of already did that. You know, with Endgame. You know. Other than, I guess, Thor, most of them are retired, or I guess Hulk is still around, but he was kind of out of commission at the end of Endgame. Well, he's coming back, I guess, but yeah, I mean, that is that is a good way, to, I think, that they would be able to transition into their other big teams now that they have the rights back that they've wanted back for so long. Yeah. Um, so that that makes sense. That could This could be the capper. Like, after Endgame was like, all right, the core Avengers, most of them were gone, and this could be you know, could lead into like Avengers versus X-Men or who knows what, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Avengers versus X-Men, that, that big storyline was one of the big ones from the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So that that fight could be the thing that that brings them in here. You could have obviously the mm-hmm. the mutant uh, uh, component now is in there with them them uh, hunting Miss Marvel in her show. And I think, I don't remember exactly what it was in the show, but they were saying there was like a... Um, uh, a nugget uh, of the Sentinels, Sentinel program they could bring in now. Mm. Um, you could have that with yeah. the, yeah, with the, um, I forget what agency was in that show, but that agency could oh, be. Uh, uh, Department of Damage Control. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could be the precursor to the mm. to the larger governmental organization that we see uh, in X-Men, that them hunting them. So that could be definitely a uh, pretty natural pivot point to the X-Men right there, right? Yeah, I think there's going to be some X, a lot of X-Men stuff in Phase 6, and that's probably why they've kept it. They haven't really announced a lot of the other things other than the Avengers uh, and Fantastic Four. It's because, you know, they got to save something for D23. they got to save something for the next couple of years of announcements, and that's the big one. That's one that everybody is waiting for, is as much as people love Fantastic Four and they're glad that they're back, the X-Men is what people have wanted to see they start. They've been hinting to it for a while. Obviously, they've been doing a lot of multiverse stuff, so that works really well with what is going to probably happen with Deadpool three. That plays right into it, where they're like, "Oh yes, this other universe over here." They did it with Spider Man, where they brought in past movies. They can do it with the Deadpool and the other X Men characters and uh, Days of Future Past and all kinds yeah. of cool stuff that they could they could uh, do and do alternate. You know, that's they're they're doing the multiverse stuff and that is going to play in perfectly to the multiverse because those are movies are the x-men movies that that fox made already make no sense so they could just be like yeah those are a bunch (laughs) of different multiverses so yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Just like somebody was mentioning today, it was just like, yeah, the multiverse means now that like everything is included. <laughs> everything yeah, is canon. Yeah. Just bring it in. Be like, mm-hmm. how did he get here? Multiverse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where'd that other guy go? Oh, I got sucked into the multiverse. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back sometime when we open up the multiverse again. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the, um, could be like, you know, the Disney vaults of just like, you know, where did, uh, <laughs> Where did um, Kane go? Uh, multiverse. Got stuck in his multiverse. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's just bring him out when you need him. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, it'd be up. So let's get to some stuff I've been watching. I watched a whole bunch of stuff uh, over this past week. Been catching up on a lot of older, um, not Cronenberg, uh, Mr. Oh, I had his name right here. Uh, Jen Carpenter. Uh, I watched the thing, obviously, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, apparently, I didn't know this. Um, he's He had made a trilogy of movies, starting with The Thing, uh, called the Apocalypse Trilogy, which included The Thing um, in, in 1980, I believe, and then uh, a movie called The Prince of Darkness from 1987. And other than Donald Pleasance, and we have Victor Wong, a whole bunch of other cast uh, of people that I... Did not recognize, and for good reason, because they're terrible actors. <laughs> this is this is a crazy, like, 80s B, B-movie, uh, just gro- body horror, but, like, just low-budget, low CG, bad CGI, bad acting. <laughs> if you just want to throw on a yeah. bad movie, bad 80s horror movie, uh, check out Prince of Darkness. It was not good, really, at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Have you seen this? I mean, just, yeah. yeah. No, I haven't, but uh, Alan's actually been thinking about doing it on underrated. So now I'm oh. very curious. I don't think he's seen it. I think he was like going to do it side unseen. So maybe we're going to be talking about yeah. a bad movie. Who knows here? He might have, I think he might have just seen a review and been like, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. So, okay, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, he, Carpenter is real fucking hit or miss. Like, he's yes. obviously made some stone cold fucking classics. The thing you yeah. mentioned, Halloween. Um, and then there's, there's some more culty stuff, you know, like They Live or even something like Starman is uh, I think yeah. a fucking cult classic. Uh, and then he makes some fucking bad movies like Ghosts of Mars is garbage. Mm. Like <laughs> nobody fucking likes Ghosts of Mars, you know. Uh, yeah. And that's like an interesting concept for a movie. They go to Mars and it's haunted. And I'm like, fucking OK. <laughs> and it's not interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. You could go either way with Carpenter. <laughs> Yeah, I have a, maybe a controversial opinion, but I really didn't like Escape from New York. Like, it was just, what is this about? Um, <laughs> fight choreography was terrible. The dialogue was terrible. Um, Kurt Russell was, like, the only saving grace of that movie for me. Uh, let me see what it has. It's a you know, 3.6 on on uh, Letterboxd. You know, a bunch of people really enjoyed it, but I was just like, what the fuck is this? This is so... Uh, I actually <laughs> yeah, haven't just, seen it, so yeah. I, I'm... Yeah, it's I, there's I'm there's a lot more John Carpenter stuff I need to see. I've I haven't seen a lot of his. I haven't seen Big Trouble or like Precinct on or Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I, yeah, I do need to see a lot more of his stuff. Yeah, I do too as well. Um, I'm probably gonna check out The Fog next. Um, he did. You know, they they live is another classic one with mm-hmm. uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, obviously, with that classic line. I have, I'm all out of bubble gum, so I'm gonna kick your ass or whatever it was. <laughs> it's, uh, it's David. Please, please. It's it's. I'm here to do yes. two things: yes, kick yes, ass yes. and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. That <laughs> great line. Uh, let's yeah. see. Assault and Prisian 13. Vampires, I heard, was not great. Like you said, uh, Ghost of Mars, uh, not great. Dark Star, Village of the Damned, Body Bags, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Whew. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. Like Roger, he's like a he's like a, a, a student of Roger Corman. Just like, let me just make a movie for like two million dollars. Not great cinematography, not great writing, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just put it out there and some people yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, like, people hated The Thing when it came out, and mm. that's why a big part of why he made Starman, a uh, thing which I think was 82, actually, um, yeah. because the studio's like, hey, make a n- movie about a nice alien. He's like, all right, where's Jeff Bridges? Where's Karen Allen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So I also checked out uh, In the Mouth of Madness, his last last movie in his Apocalypse trilogy, and this was this was pretty good. This was like a, a like a '90s um, Stephen King sort of um, take on his writing and his the movies from then. You have Sam Neill, uh, Julie Carmen, uh, Charlton Heston, a bunch of people in this. A young uh, Hayden Christensen was apparently in this, but he was uh, hit a mask on or something. I, I didn't even recognize huh. him. Uh, John Glover, who played. Um, <sighs> Lex Luthor's father in the yes. uh, Smallville show. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I fucking love John. Like, anytime he's just, like, a mad scientist or just, yeah. like, he's in some kind of cult movie, I'm like, okay, I'm fucking on board. Like, even, even like, when he's in a bad movie, like, he's the fucking scientist in Batman and Robin. He's like, I've made Bane! And you're like, <laughs> I fucking love this guy. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let me, uh, so I can pull up my review here. Uh, let's see. What did I say? Yeah, John Carpenter, uh... Gives off actually just three vibes. The set design, uh, shot composition is very much like that. Sam Neill is great in this. Uh, it's very much like a Clyde Barker uh, with the weird like psychosexual psycho horror. Uh, very much David Cronenberg uh, body horror with breaking bones and shit like that. Uh, very creepy small town characters. Really, really great. Yeah, definitely uh, better, much better in my opinion than uh, Prince of Darkness. I'm looking at this picture of mm. of Neil like on the letterbox and he's just looking like with his ragged hair and he's looking yeah. directly into my soul. Like anytime you get an unhinged <laughs> Sam Neil, that's a fucking win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, what was that other one? That, that other sci-fi movie? Um, uh, oh, what is Event Horizon, which is a fucking yes. terrible movie. Is it I know bad? people oh, like that no. movie. Oh, I, oh, I know people love that movie, but I can't. Yeah. I think it is just garbage. It is just like <laughs> trying so hard to be Edgelord in 2007. <laughs> but like Sam Neill, where he's just like, can't you? He's like stabbed his own eyes out. He's like, can't you see? I'm like, man, Sam Neill, God bless you. You're like full in on this movie that is not, not like no one else in that movie gave a shit. And yeah. Sam Neill gave a thousand percent. <laughs> so many people are in that. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan. Uh, where's the, what's the guy's name? Sean Pertwee? Who's that guy? Let me see his face. Oh, yeah. Okay. This guy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I just remember being like, holy shit. Hell. They sent a ship to hell. That was fucking crazy. I saw this when I was like 13. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but I apparently have to go back and see it. See if it was actually as good as I remember it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was yeah. it was just I was just not enjoy that movie. Right, right. It's got a three point three on on Letterbox. Seems like most people seem to enjoy it. So maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll check back into it. I'll let you know what I think. Okay. I feel like yeah. it's one of those movies that people are like, yeah, you gotta watch this movie. No, people don't know about it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh, let me let me talk about one more thing, then we can uh, pivot over to what you've been watching. Watch the Fear Street movies from last year, uh, released around um, Halloween time last year. Fear Street uh, 94, 70, 1978, and 1666, and these are pretty good. Pretty good. Like, yeah. uh, I, I really liked that they you know, sort of went straight ahead with it. You also have a lot of people from uh, Stranger Things. You have, um, oh, what's her name from the... Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink and uh, Ethan Hawke's Ethan daughter. daughter. Yeah. His daughter. Um, Maya Hawke. Maya Hawke, thank you. Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. And she's, she's, she's in it surprisingly little. She gets killed, yeah. like, immediately. Spoilers for the first yeah. five minutes of one of them. The second yeah. one, maybe, I don't know. The first one, the very first one, she's like in a, she's in a, in the mall and she's one of the first victims of the thing. Um, Yeah, really good. I liked it because it was like the anti scream. It was just a straight ahead, no nonsense, no, no irony to it. It's just a great, great straight ahead, like horror movie trilogy. Yeah. And I think it was, it's interesting because they came out like back to back to back. They were almost like, you know, Netflix, I think Netflix playing with the form of like, you know, this is almost like a TV miniseries, but they are still distinct movies. And, you know, something that most you couldn't do this really in theaters. You couldn't do this on TV and, but they are Netflix. So they're able to experiment with the form so much that I think was really interesting. I thought the kind of way the story was told of like, here's this like horror movie in the nineties and it's drawing on all these very nineties tropes. And here's this movie uh, that's set in the seventies is drawing on all these seventies slasher tropes. Like there's a very like Jason, like camp, um, like the, the camp with the lake and stuff like that. And then, yeah. When it ends in the, like, the 1666 and it's very old timey, uh, I thought conceptually it was very interesting. Um, really, really cool ideas, some very good acting. Um, it, it was one of those things where it's like the, the parts are less, or the sum is less than all of the parts. Like there was really yeah. good parts in all these movies and I enjoyed them, but it didn't really come together for me in the end where I was like, I enjoyed that. I watched it on a trip. I on like a road trip, I watched the first one and then I watched the rest of them when I came was driving back from like fucking Utah uh, <laughs> to California. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Uh, but yeah, they were they were fine. Um, I, I, you know, this is granular, but I didn't really enjoy the idea that they the it didn't make a lot of sense to me that they, you know it was just the same actors in the third one. 
because I yeah. kind of dug that it's like, oh, it's a new cast in the second one. And it's like, oh, it's just a recycled cast in the third one. And it kind of didn't make sense because, like, she knew the older version of Sadie Singh. She knew her when she was Bridget from Community, <laughs> uh, but whatever. Uh, so, but yeah, they were, they were, they were, they were solid movies, I would say. Um, if you're a horror fan, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really well said. Um, yeah, it was it was weird. I, I sort of took it as like the same actors were playing them. Not great, but I took it as like they weren't those people. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, were like they weren't all supposed to be related. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of weird because like I think the reasoning in it is like it's oh, it's not actually what happened. She's like yeah. seeing a vision and she's seeing the vision because to see the people that she knew. But I'm like, you didn't know Sadie Sink. So this yeah. makes no sense. Like that it just. You know, there's little things, but um, I, I just would have liked if they would have kept the same, like, a new cast every movie, because that was cool and unique, um, and I just kind of was a little upset they abandoned that. But yeah, overall, really, really just cool slasher movies that play with the tropes. Yeah, yeah, really, very um, interesting that it, uh, it's corresponding right now with a uh, series that they're doing on last podcast on the left. Uh, for my money, one of the best um, true true crime uh, podcast out there there's a there's a billion of them mm-hmm. but if you just want to uh, listen to one definitely listen to that one they're doing a series on the Salem Witch Trials right now which I'm uh, very familiar with I grew up in Western Mass but every <laughs> it seems like every year we would take a trip out there to Salem to um, it's basically like a tourist town now um, but yeah very 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 cool um, very interesting sort of uh, what you call it uh but your weird reference that is, uh, they did the 1666 thing now, and I'm also listening to the um, Salem Witch Trials as well. So, very yeah, weird. There's, there's, really there. there's a season of Unobscured on the Salem Witch Trials. Do you, do you ever listen to Unobscured? Is that the one with um, the guy that did lore? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting because it's his more long form one, and I think it's the second season that is on the, the Witch Trials. Yeah. I think the first or the second season is one of the early ones. Um, so, you know, it's more, it's very interesting to get these deep dives and he has all these historians that come on stuff like that. So I'd highly recommend Unobscured to anyone who is a fan of lore, uh, or, you know, of these kind of more historical, I guess, quote unquote, true crime things. Um, but it's a lot, so I think it's a lot deep. I'm not a huge true crime guy, but these it's kind of like historical kind of supernatural adjacent long form stories really interest me on that show. Yeah, very cool. Definitely check that out. Um, so let's pivot to some stuff you've been watching. Uh, I watched Fire of Love, the documentary out right now by, uh, it says Sarah Dosa. Uh, did, who did the, uh, oh, yeah, Miranda J- July did the uh, voiceover, correct? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, this is the documentary. It's by Nat Geo right now, and it's about the volcanologist uh, Katya and uh, Maurice Croft, uh, who are... You know, uh, for people who don't know what a volcanologist is, it's people who go and check out volcanoes. And they were very active from like the 70s to the early 90s. And this is not a spoiler because this is in the trailer. And it also is the thing that happened famously in real life is they die. Uh, and so really interesting movie about these two people who is this portrait of these people who are in love and doing this really interesting work and in a truly unique situation. And it's it's very it's almost like, oh, what if Wes Anderson make it made a documentary? It has that yeah. sign, like this quirkiness to it, and they the the people are kind of quirky, but um, you know the way it's uh, filmed and they has interspersed with these kind of like little animated uh, moments and things like that are very cool. And it's just kind of you know just like a Wes Anderson movie. This is very funny and very heartwarming, but uh, also very very sad at the same time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's one of the better docs. Uh, that I've seen in a while. Uh, probably, you know, my favorite doc that I've seen in a theater in a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's just 97 minutes. Um, so it's, it's a quick one. You can, you know, it's not all encompassing. You don't have to know a ton about volcanoes to get into it, but it does have some really cool information on that and on science uh, and just kind of the, the differences between, you know, a, pyroclastic volcano and a lava flow volcano and all these different or red and gray volcanoes as they're sometimes called in the movie um so yeah yeah i really recommend this and you know it's it's cool to see just these people um get the respect this is not the first doc that's been done about them Werner herzog did a documentary a couple of years back but i right. think this really kind of captures 
this unique love story uh, that happened between these two people that, you know, have done a lot of good for the world. Nice, nice. Yeah, this is an example of a movie that I really want to see. Unfortunately, not playing around here. Probably will never <laughs> play around here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really, really want to hear I really want to see this. I've heard nothing but uh, you know, the best about it. Uh, one of the ones I really, really want to see this year, uh, whenever that finally hits VOD. Um, and you also checked out another movie that is not playing around here, uh, entitled <laughs> Vengeance. Yes, yes. So I, you know, luckily enough, I do live in a market where these things open uh, a couple after a couple weeks. They come out of L.A. They make their way um, down here a little bit uh, to Orange County, um, right, right outside the L.A. periphery. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, B.J. Novak's directorial uh, debut. Um, it is a movie about, and don't take this personally, uh, hmm. about how a he plays a New York-based white podcaster uh, <laughs> slash writer who is the worst fucking person in the world. Uh, and it's just kind of saying like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's very darkly funny. Um, it is, it does, he does feel like kind of an extension of a Ryan Howard character that he played on the office and more fleshed out version, uh, albeit though. Um, and it is kind of, has all these interesting questions about, you know, recording and documenting things and what is the point of the stories we are telling and, you know, how, who, how do we change things with the stories we're telling? And it is very, very critical. I feel like of the true crime podcasts and how there is a reason I'm not really into true crime. And that is this kind of, I think that on some, there are some moral quandaries I have with it, but I also, and I also hate fucking how every, um, uh, true crime documentary ends with who's the real monster, this murderer or you for listening to a podcast. And fuck yeah. Off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it has, I think it has kind of some mixed metaphors when it comes to, or a mixed message, not even that it just kind of mixed messages with what it is trying to say mm. about like, is it a good thing or a bad thing about these things that we document because there's some characters that I, I, I can, uh, that kind of like, say things that you're like oh are you really insightful or are you awful are you both is it a mix like because yeah. everything you were saying earlier makes a lot of sense but also you seem to be horrible um <laughs> so it, it it's 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 good i would i would i enjoyed watching it um it's not a movie i would probably go back to uh i have been thinking about it a little bit the past few days uh but yeah it's you know if you like B.J. Novak's comedy style, you'll enjoy it. Um, if you're a big, I mean, it really, you know, me also being a coastal, uh, like, white podcaster writer, <laughs> I was like, all right, what is this movie trying to say about me? Uh, right. But, yeah, it's fine. It, it's it's very much, like, you're not really missing too much by not playing yeah. around you, Damien. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I might, I might still check it out. Probably be on some people's list yeah. of the best stuff this yeah. year. So, yeah. Um, you were saying it's how no about... Miss Harris goes to Paris. That's, oh, that's, oh. If you're going to get something limited. That's much more hard one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you were saying how it's a movie about how we capture things, how we commodifies, commoditize, um, you know, pain, trauma, and true crime and stuff like that. Um, I just use that to pivot to the stuff, some stuff I've been reading. Um, one of them was a book called Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. And it is essentially a really good um, exorcism story, but it's also about how, like you said, they commodify trauma and pain. And mm. because it, it starts off um, with the parents taking the daughter, it, it's from the perspective of the younger daughter, Mary. Uh, the parents take the, the older daughter, Madeline, to um, a... Uh, therapist and doctors and things like that. And they're not sure what's wrong with her. Eventually it's just revealed, obviously she's possessed because she's um, throwing up a lot and talking in tongues and just uh, weird wel uh, welter or spring up on her skin, weird, gross stuff you expect in a, in a um, exorcism movie. And, uh, but halfway through, um, I think like a film crew caught wind of the story somehow. And so they start setting it, setting up inside the house, documenting th their entire life. And it really does get into, like you said, about w what is, what are we trying to gain by putting these people on mm -hmm. film and selling their story and putting them out into the world without very much context or, you know, 
wanting you, th- those people um, capturing the footage don't really want her to get help. They want her like there's a part in the story where she, her the the demonic activity starts to starts to recede, and they're like, uh, "We need content. <laughs> we need stuff yeah. going on. We need some snappy dialogue. We need some poppy, cool demonic stuff so we can sell this." And the family's just like, "I don't know what to tell you. Nothing's happening. <laughs> we don't want this." Yeah. Um, so they're yeah. like watch, watching TV, and they're like, "Well, comment on the stuff on the TV," and they're like. Like, I don't know what to say. So it does get into a lot of the stuff you're talking about um, in Vengeance. Um, highly recommend. Head Full of Ghosts. Um, and I'll go quickly through some of the stuff. Uh, Bill Hodges' Trilogy by Stephen King I went through. Um, the stuff that people write, when they write um, tech stuff, because I'm, I'm not uh, expert in tech, but I, I use it a lot. So when they somebody says, like, they're on the run from the CIA or another government agency, and they're hiding their track using a VPN, I'm like, <laughs> my, my, uh, my tech radar goes off, and I'm like, that's not a thing you would use to hide from anybody. I barely can hide my torrent activity with my fucking VPN. So you're definitely not going to hide from a government agency using it. No, no, no. Do a little better research, Stephen King, please. (laughs) But uh, overall, Bill Hodges told you really, really great uh, detective uh, stories there. Also connects with um, The Outsider. Uh, I believe that was one of his most recent works. And it was also made into an HBO miniseries. Um, So that's pretty cool. Um, one book I really didn't like, and we'll talk about why I didn't like it, because it's, it's like a very pervasive um, thing I'm seeing more and more of, and people are making fun of it on TikTok a lot, which is a book called The Kaiju Preservation Society, written by John Scalzi, and it was um, narrated by Will Wheaton, and I like all those people, and... Um, it's <laughs> there's this genre of TikToks right now where the guy is doing a series of them and doing like you know humor and superhero movies and hum- millennial humor and stuff like that where it's like you know somebody will get get hit by something like oh boy that that really hurt that really smarted oh boy aliens and demonic activity oh boy what a day you know <laughs> shit shit like that and yeah, it's yeah. very very much that sort of humor which is very it's 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 very cringy I like I was doing that shit when I was young. And I can look back on it and be like, oh boy, somebody should have told me to shut the fuck up much earlier. Um, cause it's, you know, they, they go to this, um, place where the kaiju still exist. And one of them is just like, was oh, that a, is that a what? Is that a who? Is that what I think it is? And, and it's just like, stop. Stop with the funny. The f- Every second there's like a funny quip coming out of somebody's mouth. I know. So, you know, if you can have characters in your book, like one or two of them be the funny guy, but when everybody's doing it, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's not great. So maybe, maybe avoid that. I don't know. If you're, if you're a kid. Yeah. 10, 10 to 12. I'll clear. Yeah, if you're like a kid growing up, maybe now, maybe that's in your wheelhouse still. But yeah, if you're older, maybe not. Maybe, maybe skip that. Okay. Um, but lastly, I want to talk about my favorite book of the year so far. I read 50 of them, so that is saying something. Uh, the book is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. It's essentially about um, game, des- game designers um, in the early to mid-90s who uh, sort of have a runaway hit on their hands and sort of they, they have to um, essentially make a sequel to that. They um, One of the one of the designers, uh, when she was in college, she got into a relationship uh, with, her, with her college professor and it was very, you know, one-sided. The the power dynamics of something like that was, you know, out of whack and the, the professor was very abusive to her emotionally and physically and sexually. So um, at one point she's making the game and uh, some of the code's not working and she wants a better uh, lighting tech or sound tech or something like that. And she realizes she has to go back to her professor who she broke up with and has to go to him and ask him for some of his lighting tech from his older games. And so it's this thing where it's about, you know, compromising your values, compromising morals, compromising, you know, your own safety and security to make a game again, to put something on the world, to commodify your artistry, to, you know, um, to compromise your values and morals and things like that. So really, really great book. Also about uh, one of the characters is disabled. He's had a, he was in a car accident when he was a kid. So his foot has been um, sort of slowly over time um, degrading and the bones are, are, you know, fragmenting. And so he's had to have uh, operations throughout his his life. And so it's very much about how uh, disabled people move about the world and how the world is not uh, designed or built for them. So there's a lot of really, really cool, very interesting things um, going on in this book. And it's one of my favorites of the year so far. So definitely check out Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Very good. Nice, nice. That well, that reminds me. Did you did you watch um uh oh my gosh, what's the show called? Um, it's the guys who made it's always sunny. 
uh, their video game show. Um, oh, yeah, on Apple, Apple TV+. Plus. Yes, yes, uh, Mythic Quest. Mythic and Quest, there yeah. is this, yes, this is great. Do you, do you watch it at all? I haven't yet, no. Okay, well, there's this really great standalone episode in the first season that doesn't really, it very, very tangentially connects to things going on. It's mostly just thematically connected to it, but it tells a very um, similar story, you know, since it is just like in, in a very abridged form, but of these two kind of game developers who meet and have this kind of romance and, uh, you know, they have this indie hit and what does that mean? And just kind of, you know, them, are they going to have to give up their morals for success and stuff like that? And just the slow decay of their morals. And it's, it's really interesting. Even if you don't watch Mythic Quest, it's yeah. just called Slow Dark Death. Um, and I would really recommend everybody check it out because it works absolutely on its own. Um, really very poignant. It's Jake Johnson and Kristen Melody um, from How I Met Your Mother are, mm. and uh, Palm Springs are the, yeah. the kind of couple in oh, it. And okay. it's, it's really heartfelt and uh, emotional and great. Nice, nice. Definitely check that out. Yeah, I heard I heard that's a really good episode. I heard the one they did um, at the very beginning of the pandemic was also really good. It was a sort of a yeah, um, yeah, cap yeah. Battle, battle episode, right? That was very good as well. Yeah, that one's really good. And then there's one where it dives in season two. It dives back into the uh, history of F. Mary Abraham's character and kind of being a young upcoming, like he's kind of this burnt out science fiction writer in the show. And then him kind of like, being like a kid on the writing scene, um, you know, idolizing like Oscar, uh, Asimov and all these guys, just like the Ursula Le Guin and all these people in the early 70s and him getting his start and stuff like that. So that's another really good episode. And uh, William Hurt shows up in, there's like a follow-up episode that's set in the present day where you see where all these characters are at and William Hurt plays the older version of his friend in that. So yeah, I would really check. Those are probably my two favorite episodes um, are the one, Slow Dark Death, and then the uh f murray abraham prequel episode nice nice very cool um just a few more things want to talk about before we get out of here uh this friday one of the movies i've been uh, looking forward to the most uh this year debuted at uh sundance this year in january like eight months ago now <laughs> finally getting around <laughs> to re they're releasing uh resurrection the um see andrew siemens Simmons can't be siemens s-e-m-a-n-s -E <laughs> uh his movie with Rebe rebecca hall and tim roth is finally 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 coming out to vod this friday one of the ones one of the big movies i've been uh looking forward to this year is coming out on friday so definitely check that out um and then a couple of other things i've watched uh really recommend triangle if anybody's into really good well-made um time loop movie definitely check out triangle uh directed by christopher smith um it's the only person in this i really recognized was liam hemsworth young liam hemsworth uh this movie was made in 2009 um it's it's kind of incredible it's about a woman who goes on to a fishing boat or a, a sailboat and a sailboat uh capsizes and they they flag down a massive uh cruise liner and they go on top they, they go into the cruise liner and the main character is like i feel like i've it's like I've been here before. This looks really familiar. And it just escalates from there. Um, very, very interesting, mm -hmm. very interesting way that they sort of use the time loop um, premise there. Um, and that was rec yeah. recommended to me because I checked out uh, Time Time Crimes. Yeah, Time Crimes uh, from 2007. I believe it was a, a Spanish language movie uh, directed by, what's the guy's name here? Nacho Villa Vigalondo. Vigalondo. <laughs> something like that not sure uh very good again very good uh simple very it probably costs you know fifty thousand dollars if that uh just the guy sees something going on in the woods behind this house um treks out there to see what's going on and then uh happens upon a lab a giant laboratory apparently that he never saw before <laughs> right next to his house <laughs> goes in there he's like hey what's going on i saw this guy over there and he shot a gun and i saw this naked woman that was going on and he's like this the scientist is like I can't explain. No time to explain. <laughs> of course, jump into this <laughs> jump into this giant machinery thingy and and just you know the wish you luck. Goodbye. <laughs> and the guy pops out and uh, things escalate from there. So uh, time crimes, great great time loop movie. Do you do you have a favorite time loop movie? And is is it the one I'm thinking of? I mean, were you? I mean, there's two I think contenders. Like I, yes. Palm Springs is fucking phenomenal. Um, so that one is up there, but like Groundhog's Day, like this is an entire genre sure. that exists because of Groundhog's Day. Like this, yeah. it's Groundhog's Day is a perfect movie. I think it's 
uh, Ivan Reitman's best film. Uh, he's and he's an incredible yeah. director, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it is so funny. Like Bill Murray is incredible in it. Uh, it. There's a reason these movies all exist and this template exists because it did it so so successfully that you can. How can you not love Groundhog Day? But if you look, but as far as like a the the best movie to recreate that, I think, and give it a bit of a unique twist, I think, was Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Were either yeah. those the movie you were thinking of? Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, because Groundhog Day and Palm Springs, right? They're mm-hmm. they're not time loop movies, right? Because they they stop at a certain point and reset. Um, time loop movies would be like prime. The one I was thinking of was, was Primer from 2004, because those movies are actual time loop because they because they loop on top of uh, on top of themselves and if you they go back in time to the same spot and then they see their previous selves doing something out doing the thing they did the day before right so groundhog day okay. i will say you have a very specific definition of time loop <laughs> that i do not think the rest of the internet cast because well, if you say time loop movie they will say groundhogs <laughs> it because it's still it running in a loop. He still goes back to the beginning of the day. He you know? he goes back to the beginning of the day, but nobody else does. Like no, like because there's there's two different um, configurations. Because um, I'm trying to think of anything else you might have seen. Because Triangle does it. Primer does it. Because that uh, these movies. Because there's <laughs> hold on. There's Groundhog Day that resets everything. Resets. He resets, and nothing else um, is affected in the world. Uh, with Primer and with Triangle and with Time Crimes, um, what happens is he's he remembers everything that's happened already. But there's other people. He interacts with himself and other people, and he can sort of like get into that um, cog. Like there's the whole cog of the thing that is repeating, that is the time loop. But also we have those, also the second mechanic on top of that, which is the main character can then interact with that loop. With Groundhog Day, there was no, inter- the, um, Bill Murray doesn't interact with, with the loop. He is the loop. He, he is hit, his character and everyone around him just reset after he goes to sleep or dies, right? But in Primer and in Triangle, um, not to spoil anything, but she, there's a point at which the world around her resets, but <laughs> there's like consequences to her actions that are left on the field. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I, I get what you mean, but I feel like that is way too specific of a distinction to be like, well, this isn't a time loop movie because I mean, look at a loop. If you put, a, Damien, put a fucking yeah. hula hoop on the ground, it's a circle. It doesn't go back in on itself, you know? But these do. Triangle does. Like, uh, there's, there's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, uh, that's called a hula hoop, and it doesn't go in on itself. You know, but, so if you like hula hoops, the loop. There's no reset. That's a loop the, right there. There's no reset point in a in a in a hula hoop. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a. Okay, well, <laughs> I think we're just we're just being too. <laughs> Groundhog Day, yeah, it resets, so there's not a. It's it's not a loop. It's like a it's like a off ramp. Damien, that is a, this is a ridiculous take you have right now. I'm just going to say this. This is a ridiculous okay. take. Okay. Groundhog okay. Day is not a time loop movie. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that yeah. is insane to me. He, he Yes, okay. But there, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Uh, let's see. What else have I seen? I think that was about it. Anything else you've seen in the past few days you want to mention that we haven't mentioned yet? Anything you're looking forward to over the weekend? Any movies you're going to uh, see? I'm going to... I'm going to see Bullet Train. Um, uh, that's yes, the yes, last yes. real movie of the summer. Uh, that's the last big release. Uh, you know, it's it's always cool to see original IP, you know, like Nope was. Uh, so it'll be, I'm curious to see how well it does. Uh, I actually finally got around to watching a movie that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, uh, which is Summertime, a uh, David Lean movie from mm-hmm. 1955. Uh I'm really like David Lean. Obviously, is best known for his big, sweeping epics like you know, um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Bridge yeah. on the River Kwai, Doctor Zhivago. But like Doctor Zhivago, he's a, he also does really, really um, amazing love stories about these kind of tragic lovers. And Brief Encounter is one of my favorite films ever. And this is another kind of Brief Encounter film. It was recommended to me when I was on another podcast. Uh, and I checked it out, and it was really bad. Like, it was, like, the guy, the male love interest was fucking borderline rapey. 
Like, oh. and I get, he was like, oh, he's an Italian and it's the fifties, but still it was like, oh my God. Like I, there was no chemistry. Yeah. Catherine Hepburn was great and it looked incredible because it was just David Lean shooting in Venice for an yeah. hour and a half. But man, like there was no chemistry between these characters. Like it was, it was just like the whole, I'm surprised Catherine Hepburn's back didn't break from carrying this fucking movie. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I definitely got to see Brief Encounters. I was actually looking at that one the other the other day. I was looking for like short movies to watch in the morning before I go to bed. <laughs> that was one of them. Yeah. Like one of the best ones yeah. that was brought up in terms of like uh, best movies you should see that are under ninety minutes. So definitely check that out. Yeah, no, it, it's it's yeah. pretty solid. Um, I mean, it's not very solid, but like oh, yeah. I love a solid like you know under ninety minute movie. I just wish this one would have been better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So I think that'll about wrap it up. Um, so yeah, I'm on Medium Blog. I'm doing a bunch of blogging pretty much for every movie I've seen now. So check that out at damian.sherman.medium.com on Letterboxd, B for Benedetta on there, Film Essayist on YouTube. Go to Anchor for a way to make podcasts and check out all the interviews I've done this year, most, re- most recently with Mr. Cinematech. What you got to plug? Yeah, so check out uh, my other podcast, Underrated, where, as you might guess, uh, we talk about underrated films. I do that with my friends Alan and Ariel. Uh, There's a new episode every other week, so the same day that this show comes out, we have a new episode of Underrated. Um, Today, for my birthday, we did one of my favorite movies ever, Where the Wild Things Are. Um, So, you know, check us out, Undercast Company, look uh, us on all the socials, uh, look up Underrated, however you're listening to this. And you'll get that. And just people who are listening, do us a favor. Write into uh, bicycle at gmail.com and yes. tell us, is Groundhog Day a time loop movie? Uh, well, I looked uh, up Wikipedia. Geez. I looked up, look up the list. Here, I'm going to send yeah. you this list okay, go ahead. right now, yeah. Damien. We could, we could finish this off the air, but we a can. list of time loop movies. Yeah, they are. And uh, yeah, so so okay. I want to I hear what the people have to say on this issue. Because maybe I'm wrong. I've done yeah. before. I've, that's for sure. But uh, the, uh, we'll see. We'll see. This, the sticking point, right? Let's just say this one more thing. The sticking point is, right, you haven't seen Primer, correct? I haven't seen Primer. I need to watch Primer. Yeah. But. Primer, Triangle, or Time Crimes. There's you know, Once you watch those, you'll be like, oh, okay, there is a distinction between that and is Looper. Was Lo- so would Looper fit into your, your very specific category of time loop movies? Well, it's not. No, <laughs> see, well, the problem is t- when you say time loop, okay, you got Groundhog Day, right? And mm-hmm. I think we need to make a bucket. We have two buckets, right? We have a bucket with okay. Groundhog Day that resets, and we need to have a separate bucket with time loop movies that do not reset, where the consequences of the person doing the things in the time loop, they're they're around. They're still around. It's sort of like um, Super Mario Brothers, but you would have Goombas, dead Goomba bodies scattered throughout the entire level where you just, they keep stacking, stacking. So, okay, yes. so every time you go back to the beginning of the level... All right. So there's, the, but it's the same Goomba, right? So is that there's is more that Goombas? The, is that, there's more Goombas being generated. Goombas? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch explain. Primer right now so I know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, uh, for Can I See Something, episode 144, I have been Damien. <laughs> I've been Derek. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye, guys.